The presenting sponsor for On Education is Classcraft. We're so excited to announce Classcraft's new story mode, which makes it easy for educators to harness the power of stories. But that's not all. Have you ever wanted to see yourself as a character in a story? Now teachers and students can create their custom game avatars and see them come to life on an augmented reality poster. To learn more about Classcraft's story mode and the new AR experience, simply visit classcraft.com. It's time for an icebreaker, everybody. Stand up. Oh, boy. We are at Impact Education Conference. We're here with the man, the myth, the legend, my hero, <laughs> Carl Hooker. Woo! Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. I love the booth setup. This is cool. I mean, being live at a conference. The last time I talked to you guys, it was over the phone from two different countries and three different states. And right. Yeah, this is neat to be live like this. That live. Was a- and you're our first one. Yay. So this is exciting. We're kicking things off. No pressure. Off. Nope, okay. No pressure. <laughs> so let's talk about that. The last time we talked to you was probably about eight months ago. Yep. And you were at Eans, Eans Like Beans. Eans Like Beans. And um, uh, I can't remember your title, but it was good. Um, but now you're yeah. now you're. I had a lot of title. letters. I didn't get paid by the letter, but it was a really good title. It was super long. Yeah. Uh, it needed an acronym. It did. It, yes, actually, yes. But now you're you're a world traveler now. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. Yeah, uh, I'm doing a food blog. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> Although I think by default that's what I'm doing. Uh, just consulting, speaking. Um, kind of going all over doing different things. And so uh, the transition from full-time work in a school district to this has been interesting. Yeah. The one thing for me, and I think when I talk to you guys about this all the time, it's it's about relevancy and authenticity. So for me, I have to make sure that I'm still involved somewhat in school. So what's great about the transition for me is now I'm, I'm actually volunteering quite a bit at my kids' school. In fact, I taught right before the break, I taught uh, two or three different lessons. And then once the teachers found out, they're like, hey, awesome. can you come and sub and do a little robotics lesson in my class? And I was like, absolutely. I love it. So it keeps me, keeps me connected and um, doing that. And so and also consulting, I've got a couple of districts that I'm working with where I come in about once a month and do work and I get to model teach, I get to train. So get to do all the best parts of that job. But uh, yeah, it's been fun and, and scary and and interesting at the same time. And so lots, lots of things going on out there, but I've got to see a lot of amazing people and sure, great yeah. places and get to be here in Minnesota on a nice warm winter. Hey, <laughs> Oh boy. It's, cold, it's, it's colder here than it is at home. I, I told him that too. I said, <laughs> make sure you don't bring any weak sauce Canadian yeah, stuff I know, down right. here. This is Minnesota. I, I don't have enough coats in Texas to bear with the weather that's happening here, but I somehow survived last night to get here. But yes. <laughs> It's freezing. Uh, okay, so we're at Impact Education Conference. What are you doing uh, here other than your food blog? Uh, <laughs> that's later. Um, yeah, I'm doing a lot of different things. So some traditional, some non-traditional. So I'm doing kind of the typical session of 21 things that every educator in the 21st century should try. That's like a big kind of a toolsy list session, um, which is, is good for certain teachers or certain educators. Um, later today, I'm doing one on failure, fail fest. It's a lot of improv, a lot of get up and move and really try, you know, take risks, kind of applicable to any age level, any grade level, and with adults too. Um, I'm doing a trivia night tonight. Yes, I mean, it sounds like I'm just so all over exciting. the map. Yeah, I'm hosting a trivia night tonight, and those have been absolutely a blast. And um, I'm trying to turn it into more of a session too, but I mean, obviously tonight's just going to be for fun, but there's ways that I've started using trivia as like a team building activity too, which with a, a lot of schools. So that's fun. Um, and I think, oh, 
well, the 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 tour, the piece de la resistance, I guess, is the uh, ed tech lip sync battle, which is happening tomorrow. You guys are going to hopefully be there. Oh boy! <laughs> and um, this session is really about. It's a lot about audience participation, but it's about just kind of coming up with ideas on the fly. We randomly choose a couple people from the crowd to come up, and they kind of pitch their idea. Mm. And the one with the uh, air quotes least best idea is chosen to lip sync a song for one minute at random. Oh, nice. So no pressure. But they win a prize. <laughs> Everyone who comes up who gets picked wins a prize. So, um, And if you're not, you don't have to sing. That's what people are like, well, I don't sing. I was like, it's called lip syncing. Mm-hmm. All you do is you hold the mic close and you're like. And, <laughs> and you yeah. pretend. Yes. <laughs> so when Eminem comes up there and you're like, I have no idea what he's saying. Just kind of just move your hand from side to side. <laughs> Throw your hands in the air and wave them like they just don't care. Yes. Oh, that's so awesome. yeah, those are my, I'm all over the map, I guess, with those sessions. It tells you a little bit about my head. <laughs> so do you normally do these same type of sessions then, Carl? Or is this, I mean, do you have like, as as a speaker, you're going around, yeah. you have some go-to type things, um, but do you have like a kit of like 12 things that you kind of, like, are, your go, are your go-tos? Yeah, and I've started to curate that better over the years. That's something I've learned is like, I've got all these things and they're all over the place, but you know, what is the purpose of all of them and what is the audience trying to get out of it or what does the conference want? So I have... I think it's about, I don't know, maybe 20 sessions that I do now that are pretty pretty much built where I can customize them based on audience. Um, and then what I do is if I go to a conference and they're like, hey, we'd like you to come, I give them the list, like, what do you want? It depends on what you're trying to get out of your audience. Mm. And each one's got different purposes. So if they want more of a tech tool session, I can do some of those Google tips and tricks, those kind of things. Um, if they want more of kind of like outside of just technology and like really just talk about pedagogy and, and also instruction and how do we enhance that, then I've got sessions more leaning toward that. Um, lately, it's been like the future sessions, like talking about future ready or getting schools ready for the future and just showing them kind of glimpses of what's coming yeah. that people are really interested in. Uh, and whether that be augmented reality, which is of course blowing up, or we were talking about esports last night, like where is that going? Um, so those have been catching lately. So yeah, it's, I do have a kind of a set bag of things and then I, depending on the conference and I'll tweak those as I go, but yeah, it's good to have those just kind of in queue. I don't think we should undersell the set bag you have, though. I was looking at your website, like, maybe yesterday or the day before. There's, like, 30 sessions that you – it pays to have – you have tons of experience. Yeah. Truckloads of experience. De- decades, almost, of experience. And I think that that experience is paying off for you now, right, with the fact that you can talk, you know, at an expert level about a ton of things. It's that whole 10,000 hours thing, which I think sure. whatever glad will – I don't know if it's – urban legend or not, but I do feel like you put me in front of a crowd with a certain topic and I could probably talk about it ad nauseum for hours at length only because you're right. We've got the, had the experience and a lot of that's just being in schools for 21 years, being a teacher, being a, <laughs> the, the three months that I spent as a tech person that like building servers and tearing those apart and then realized that that part of my life was terrible. But I learned a lot of the acronyms like, mm. like HDMI and, and VLAN and all those <laughs> fun things that people love to know about. But yeah. Um, so I think it's, I think you're right. I think having that experience is, is helpful, uh, especially when it comes to doing sessions like this. And I love to do this. I mean, it's, I have a, I have an ongoing debate and you guys can, can weigh in on this with Brianna Hodges about the differences between pedagogy, which is of course the teaching of kids and the differences between that and andragogy, which is the teaching of adults. Oh, is I there, have lots of opinions okay, on that. <laughs> is there a difference? Cause she's, she's told me there is absolutely no difference. You teach I, the same. I disagree. I disagree too. So yeah. tell me why. I, I actually, I mean, I, in my current experience, I had 20 years of teaching Spanish to K through 12 students. And then the last three years basically have been, 
working with adults yeah. in professional development, tech integration, uh, uh, instructional coaching. That's all I do is actually I work with teachers. And there's a humongous difference uh, between the way that even the, your approach mm-hmm. I didn't think there would be. I, I knew there would be a difference because I had done it before in my previous position, just like every once in a while. Right. But uh, adults need different things than kids do. I mean, my my students, I almost felt like they there was like an instantaneous respect, and I want to actually, I want to learn from you. Right. And with your adults, it's almost like you have to approach it as I am one of your colleagues and I want to help you to grow. Yeah. And a lot of people put up a barrier right away right. with a, another adult. You yeah, know, they're vetting you out. Like, yeah, who, what, and, who are you to tell me or what is your experience level? And, and there's and a little bit of that. And yeah. it's interesting too, I think that, and, I've, and I know people have said this before, that it's so weird that as teachers, we make, a, a lot of the time, we make the worst students. Yes. Totally. We behave the worst in professional development sessions where we expect Uh these certain types of behaviors from our students as far as just conduct, first of all. Respect. But then then the next part is just the inherent part of like uh, wanting the growth mindset, you know, like what, you know, those kinds of things. Coming to a session with the thought process that I'm going to actually, I'm going to learn something today. um, Often is I feel the resistance of, God, it's going to be a waste of time today. Again, right. I have so many better things that I need to go ahead and do for my students than what's than right. what, gonna, whatever happens papers, here yeah. is not going to be that good. Yeah, and I come into it with that already with that attitude. Yeah, so I I actually feel like your brand of and your persona of professional development is unique, and it's something that I think is needed in professional development in conferences, whatever it might be, and that's the aspect of being humorous, right. And Fine. kind, and kind yeah. of breaking people, a little bit. Yep, breaking yep. people's kind of the resistance factor down a little bit, you yeah. know. And then they kind of are like, "Hey, I like that guy. I, I'm going right. to start learning." For, and that's you don't you don't have to do that as much. I don't believe with students. I never. I worked hard, obviously, with my students, whatever it might be, but I didn't have to work hard to get them to kind of buy into what was actually going to happen in class. Yeah. And I could feel their excitement, and that drove you vibed me off too. Of that. Yeah. And it's very difficult, I think. I think it's more difficult to teach adults. That's it's, my that's my thought process. I, I agree. And I think and you ask teachers, like, I have phenomenal teachers. And I'll say, hey, that was a great lesson. Would you mind sharing that with your colleagues? And they shut down. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to share that with teachers. I, I'm scared to tell. I was like, you teach kids all day. But when it comes to getting in front of an audience, and you're right, I think some of it is the baggage they bring. So with kids, you're, they're open. You're the respect of this person, this adult in the room. I'm going to listen to them, um, and I'm going to try with, and they have baggage too, don't get me yes, wrong. But, yep. but a teacher who's taught for 36 years is like, I've been doing this for 36 years. What's this guy going to tell me that I don't already know? Yeah, and then they do the, all then, the time. And then they do the ultimate trick, which I love, especially with tech sessions where I'll have a teacher go, I'm just not really that good with technology. And I'm like, you, oh, you, God, I, hate I know. It's the worst. I'm carrying Such a, a cop out. It's like, well, and I ask them, like, if you are, like, well, okay, so what do you teach? Well, I teach math. I go, do you ever have kids come to you and say, I'm not a math person? She goes, yes, it drives me crazy. It's like, how do you think we feel uh-huh. what you just said? Would you allow a student to say that? Or I'm not good at art. You know, you hear that a lot too. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think, and Brianna's, and I know she'll listen to this at some point. I'll, I'll tag her on it because she is probably fuming right now at this point in the conversation. Because I also agree with her that there are some, there are some teaching skills that you can use in both. But when I talk to kindergartners, I'm not going to say, 
And I go to an adult and go, all right, adults, take out your little, you know, I'm not going to speak with that same tone, that sure. cadence. It's just different. Right? Yes. So humor is different. But like there are huge similarities. For sure. Like, yeah, yeah. and I try not to make a point of disagreeing with Brianna on almost anything because. That's, that's probably a safe. That's right? just safe with her. Um, <laughs> but like, for example, I was, and I have two examples of this just in the recent memory. Um, one, I was doing a Minecraft um, PD session and um, spent tons of time teaching, showing the teachers the controls, how to move around, how to whatever. And I literally still had people half an hour later asking me how to jump. Right. And I'm like, we just, we went over this. So I, I actually try to model like how I would teach students with my PD in the sense that um, and we'd actually talked about this last night too, how um, the way I do PD, I, um, I give very little like specific direction for the things that I want them to do. And even yesterday in the podcasting workshop, we said, we want you to make a podcast. You can make it about whatever you want. I'm not going to tell you how right. we're going to give you kind of the basics, but then we're going to just let you go. And because this is what we also kind of want from our students. We want our students to be, you know, creative, collaborative problem solvers. And so we need to give them the space and the time to figure things out for themselves, to make mistakes and learn from those mistakes. And we don't tend to, especially in PD, we don't tend to give our teachers the time and the space to make mistakes and and stuff like that. And so by giving them very little specific like this 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 which sometimes they crave yeah. totally crave the do this then do this then do this then do this and monkey i'm not i am do. not yep. playing that game with you uh i want you to learn something and you're not going to learn anything if i just tell you exactly how to do everything all the time you're going to learn when you do exactly what we think our students should do which is try to work through things and so that's the way I do PD as well. And I tell them that. I warn them. In fact. <laughs> if you come for a step-by-step right, session, yeah, you're in the wrong You session, are yeah. talking to the wrong dude because yeah. I will not tell you. And if you're struggling with something, like, and this is the way I taught, like it or don't like it, whatever. But um, if you're struggling with something, I'm going to let you struggle through it a little bit because I want you to actually learn how to solve how you learn. the thing you for struggle. yourself. Right. So if you can't figure out it's funny so like in that minecraft session they were like i can't figure out how to build this thing and i'm like huh that's interesting (laughs) and then i walked away and they're like what you know why aren't you telling me and i'm like because you need to learn how to do it yeah and if i just tell you then you know you're not experiencing what it would be like for our students it's almost like driving right so if you're in a car with somebody and you're going someplace the driver knows better where they are. And the, if you're just sitting there kind of like talking, paying it, goofing around on your phone or whatever as a passenger, you're like, oh yeah, I had no idea how we got from point A to point B because I just trusted the driver to get me there, right? Yeah. Versus the person owning it and like figuring out the directions and the map and, and, and then take the phone away and see if you can do it then, which is even harder sometimes mm-hmm. nowadays. But like getting them to go through it, I love that concept. We were doing, uh, I, I did a session uh, the other day in Hong Kong. We were talking about our travels yesterday, but, um, and it was supposed to be, a, I thought a three hour session and when I got there 10 minutes before, the guy goes, no, it's actually a six-hour session. So Ooh. 10 minutes before my three-hour session, wow. which I've built, he says, you have six hours. And I was like, wow. 
And it was the best accident ever because what happened is I allowed breathing time. I allowed them to learn, to apply, to share, to collaborate. And it wasn't just three hours of me of drinking from a fire hose for me. And I've started to see that that is, I mean, we need, we model that. We tell the teachers to do that, but then we don't model it as PD givers mm -hmm. too sometimes. So yes. I've started to learn to just less is more. And less is more. Yeah. And I wish we gave our students more time, like uh, especially like, so in Ontario, uh, we have standardized testing in grade three and in grade six. And so you have teachers that are handpicked to teach those grades because they can power through the content, just, yeah. plow through it like a truck and just force it down their heads and then they hammer it, it and yeah. we're on to the next thing, yep. formative assessment, summative assessment, let's go, yeah. test, let's go, done, on to the next thing. And we don't give our kids the time and the space anymore. Um, and so, but I know that in professional development, that's like one of the number one things that we get feedback on um, with our with my PD sessions is that they like the fact that they were given the time. And we gave people yesterday in our podcasting workshop, easily there was an hour and a half of work time, quote unquote, uh, for them to actually do, to make a podcast. And, um, you know, but we give them that time to work through things and yeah. to, to do things. and. Uh, we don't do that with students very often. I was just thinking about this, though, and you're offering a session that's actually super popular, and we were talking about this yesterday, the kind of sessions where you give a bunch of tools. I know. Right? Yep. And I'm telling you right it's now that- It's a fire hose session. <laughs> and, and that fire hose session, I believe, is super popular because it is the difference between active and passive learning. True. So in that- that session, I can go to it, sit back and just take in whatever right. I want to go ahead and take in and be passive about it in this kind of session that Mike is describing, where you have to kind of, you have to think through things. Right. Um, there are different types of learners, whether they're students or adults that will immediately put down a wall when they when the roles are switched. Yes. When totally. you, when you now have to go ahead and it's turn time for an in, icebreaker, everybody in, yeah, stand in, up. Oh uh, boy. Into Here we active. Go. Yeah. yeah. When you have to now <laughs> go ahead and start doing the active parts, uh, start problem solving, uh, collaborate, whatever it might be that you're actually having to do for many people. And actually we've received feedback on our professional development sessions, opposite of kind of what Mike is saying, where we have a certain group of teachers who will tell you, I don't want to do those things. Yes. Yes. Why don't you just tell us what, it is. what to do and how to do it and just give us the stuff and give us the tools and then yeah. Yeah. adios. Yeah. My style is definitely not for everybody. Go, go on your merry way. No, I'm just saying that that's not actually – it's not wrong what you're doing. It's yeah. just it's saying that, that, there's, that there's still this mindset, unfortunately, both in our teachers and then we – actually pass that on i think for sure to and we kids. train our students to be passive learners right and when there's a teacher who suddenly goes we're not doing that <laughs> we're we're gonna be here we're gonna actively learn here's how we're gonna do it and you have all these things mm -hmm. where you're flipping the roles you get resistance from them you get resistance from their parents and whoever else might be because they're not they're not used to having to have to think for themselves totally. and do all those kind of this things. This fail so. fest session I'm doing in a little bit is very much the opposite. So I talk for maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. And the next 80 minutes is just me guiding them through challenges. Nice. Yeah. Versus the, um, versus the tool session like I talked about. I think to kind of tie it all together for a conference too, I always tell people, you know, learning is an active sport. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like it is. And yes. if you're at a conference, you're only going to get out of it what you put into it. So 100%. absolutely, if you're going to go and just sit there and, and then wait till happy hour, that's that's fine. But know that you're not getting anything out of it. I always say if you can get even just one thing out of a day, yes. that's a huge win for you and your kids. And then the other thing I'll say is that as a teacher, I was guilty of this, and we don't do it enough at conferences too, is but take time to reflect and like internalize. Okay, even if it's just five minutes, to so step aside somewhere, go quiet, go quiet place, and just write down a couple of ideas or reflect on a couple of ideas like, Here's how I want to apply that. Because a lot of times with these conferences, you got 10 minutes or 15 minutes in between sessions and you get, all right, now I got to go from here to here. And, and at least you need some time to do that. And I feel like as a teacher, I struggled with that admittedly because I was like, all right, now we're going for math. Now we're going to language arts, whatever. Um, but if I had just given the kids a minute or two to say, okay, what's something you learned? Just stop and think for two minutes quiet. It's hard. I mean, we want to get as much as we can at these sessions. So I think those are the two things I always tell teachers when you're going to a conference. Be active and reflect. I have one more question for you, and it's actually something to be able to help our current situation, which is as an administrator or mm-hmm. as a person that's led tech yep. at, at a district, um, how do you find best that uh, many schools don't have huge budgets? Right. So what they do is they end up sending basically representatives who are kind of techie people yep. or they're actually in title a tech person like me, you right. know? And we send them to these conferences, and then we're expected to do that old bring back kind of yeah. thing where you bring back stuff, and then you kind of present it back to your, your school in some sort of way, whether it be um, you know, kind of a module that they're working through right. on their own time Five or, whether, it, faculty meeting or, something. or whether yeah. it be something like an actual face-to-face PD, mm-hmm. quick session, whatever it might be. Have you found anything that actually works in kind of that kind of model? Because we're trying to find ways to... You know, obviously, there's a limited amount of district funds. We are super passionate about going to all of these things. But then once we come to these things, we take a bunch of notes, we're going, and we kind of sit around and we go, okay, so what are we going to do right. with this? I mean, we could do a 50-minute session that one time that we know that doesn't work, the one-time PD right. once in a while, and you never talk about it again. We can do the modules, but only people that want to do people, the modules. Yeah. yeah. Have you found anything like where, where you were? We were... We were on the precipice, I feel like, of something big when we started to use um, Slack as our kind of our conference resource. Mm. So we would send five teachers or whatever to a conference, and it's part of the district-wide Slack channel, and it would just be a PD channel. And it was like any time they found something, they'd thread it in the Slack. Yes. So at least teachers knew. And then every teacher, I told them, turn on your notifications. So when you get something, it's like a text message. Yeah. And they would start getting alerted to like, oh, here's a great idea about blank. And plus, it's searchable because it's Slack. So if you're a teacher who's teaching language arts, second grade, you could go and search so it was just a giant PD Slack channel. We just maybe had 50 people in it when I left. We had just started using it. That's fantastic. And it was, it was kind of an interesting way of just using Super hy- smart. hybridizing, hybridizing, if that's a word. Sure. Um, using it is now. Te- it is now. Text messages, right? Kind of that idea of like, I'm always on my phone. Oh, and now here's a cool thing that someone just learned at a conference and I'm not there. And then the other thing I would say you could do is um, the Vanguard approach where you take like a team of a cadre of I don't know, maybe 15 teachers when you get back and you're like, and we're just going to intensely going to go through this stuff. Yes. And then, and it's not always the tech teachers. I would say just your ones with the most voice, I guess, <laughs> the vocal teachers, the leaders, sure. right? Yep. And you just, t- you take them through the things you learn, like the high, the highlighted sessions and then give them time that you were just talking about, Mike, give them time to apply it. Mm. So maybe it's the first half of your work day would be you kind of think, here's everything I learned. The second half is now let's ferret through all the resources and then how do we put these into action? And then nice. they spread it too. So if you have the loud first grade teacher or the Spanish teacher, like, okay, you're going to talk to your team about something that we picked up out of this. So maybe taking like that approach too, where you take a small group that's like a van, we call them a Vanguard or 
um, the lighthouse group, whatever they're the group that kind of the leaders out there. Yeah. And and then getting them to go through it. But I do think they need time to dig through it. I, it's not a perfect answer. I don't know. No, I, yet. I think that that's many good answers there. Just that, I mean, I think many people struggle with that exact same thing. They're going to send people to this conference, not a huge crew of people. I mean, Cindy could probably tell you, you know, there's as far as the representative for a thing. And then what do you do to make sure that it's effective? You know, yeah. Kind of the end. Yeah. So, Carl, tell everyone what's going on in your life. What do you got? What do you got happening in the, in the next little while? Uh, where are you heading anytime soon? And where can people contact you, reach out to you, connect with you? Whatever? Well, right now I'm just struggling because my uh, my wife is hanging Christmas lights. And uh, <laughs> yesterday she fell off a ladder. Oh, no. Oh, no. no, she just sent me the text and it's like a bruise right along her backbone. I was oh. like, oh, Ouch. so that's going Terrible. on in my life. No, <laughs> no, um, I'm we're we're kind of the spring is going to be pretty crowded. We're going to go. To a few, we're doing South by Southwest, TCEA. Um, it used to be called ICE, but now it's called IdeaCon in Illinois. Um, and then I just got a thing with Spring Q. So I'm going to check out Palm Springs and see what that's like too. So Beauty. a lot of different things. Um, Brett Salikas, who I think you know mm-hmm. um, from Australia, he and I are actually, uh, well, this hasn't been announced officially, but I'll say it. Uh, we're co-authoring a book that yes, is uh, that's awesome. called the Ed Poet Society. And it's... Um, a global book that's going to have uh, a representative from every continent except for Antarctica um, writing poetry. So we're going to try Very to get that cool. ready by the spring. And I'm doing a children's book uh, that will hopefully be done by then and a podcast and a movie. <laughs> and, no, not a movie. But I'm doing a podcast, too. That's why I'm, like, checking out your equipment. You're, like, checking all this cool yeah. stuff they have. Guys, you can't see it, but there's so much cool stuff on this table. <laughs> when they, if they turn around, I'm walking away with this Roadcaster Pro thing. This thing is awesome. I love this board. You're out of here. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks, so, for, uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, okay. thanks, guys. Awesome. Thanks for listening to On Education. My name is Glenn Irvin. My co-host is Mike Washburn. On Education is part of the Education Podcast Network. You can listen to this show and many others by great educators like Jennifer Gonzalez, Matt Miller, and many more by visiting edupodcastnetwork.com. Want to get in touch with us? Check out our website at oneducationpodcast.com. You can tweet us at oneducationpod. Mike is at Mr. Washburn on Twitter, and I can be found at Irv Spanish. You can find us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash oneducationpod. We're also on Instagram at oneducationpod. If you're enjoying the show and think others would too, we would be thrilled if you shared it with them. Please leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or the Google Play Store. When you leave a rating, it gives our rankings a boost. This helps others discover the show. We want to thank our presenting sponsor, Classcraft, for supporting us. Check out classcraft.com slash oneducation to learn more about them. Thanks as always for listening. Stay awesome and see you soon.